0: All right, as the kids go to their classrooms. Now, I've been um, sharing with you guys for a long time, and those of you have been with me at least since 2012, been praying for revival, and here lately have brought up again the, the Welsh revival. Um, and just remember Evan Roberts, uh, what God had laid on his heart, the dreams that he was dreaming, and then he was praying for 11 years for that to happen. And remember what we shared, or what I shared with you in the past, and again, most recently, that you know he went to, um, he was going to go to seminary, but after two weeks, approximately two weeks being away, uh, he went back to his hometown, and um, you know because he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he was on fire for the Lord, so he went back to his hometown, and um, after a meeting, remember y'all and I. You know, forgive me for repeating, but I just want to make sure that we're all jumping off the same platform as it were. You know when he at this meeting, he asked for anyone who is seeking a deeper spiritual life to stay behind after the meeting. Um, and then in that meeting, um, he prophesied that revival was going to break out in two weeks, if you will remember. And um, he gave them keys for receiving the Holy Spirit. And we started studying those within the last couple of weeks. And if you could put those up for me, Mary, those keys. And there we are. Confess all known sin to God, receiving forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Now, we emphasized that one last week. And I want to say to you, I mean, it's, it's it's fairly obvious. Confess all known sin to God. You know, and, and, you know, as we shared, and I'm not going to repeat uh, all of the message from last week, but, you know, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us. Amen. Now, that's not just speaking to because many, and there are some famous preachers that will preach that just means when you first go to him. No, the gospel is a gospel of repentance. That means I am never in that place. I'm still growing in the Lord. I don't know about you all, but I'm still growing in the Lord, and I still make mistakes. And the Holy Spirit still reveals to me when I make mistakes. So when I have realized with, that I've made a mistake, when Holy Spirit reveals and that check goes off in my heart, and I real, you know, I, I, just this past week I had to apologize to my wife. Why? Because I, 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 I said something maybe I shouldn't have said. I cut an attitude toward my wife. And, and, and so now some of you guys, don't look at me like that. And some of you ladies, don't look at me like that because you should be apologizing to some of y'all's husbands. Or, or to your children. See, the way we relate to each other, how we treat each other, says a lot, speaks immensely to this relationship. Our horizontal relationships speak volumes about our vertical relationship. That's why God has told us, they will know that you are my disciples, listen, by the love that you have one for another. The relationships that we have horizontally speak volumes about our relationship with God. Come on now. Amen? So uh, so now, so I didn't lose it. I didn't lose track here. So now, when I have a problem, my problem, and I take it out on somebody else, my wife mostly, because she's the closest one to me, when I have a problem, or if I have a bad attitude, and she's in close proximity, for some of us, it might be somebody else, then, listen, then I have sinned against not only my wife, but against God. And I need to confess that sin. I need to acknowledge that. See? This is a gospel that teaches me this. This is a gospel about relationships. The good news. Yes, the gospel. The good news. The kingdom of God is available to us. And I'm a a citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm a child of the Most High King. So when I make a mistake, my dad, who loves me, because he loves me, my dad, God, lets me know. And so when my dad lets me know, he says, oh, Father, I'm sorry. Then I go to, I'm sorry. All known sin. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And I, you know what? I didn't plan this. But what I really emphasized last week, I think it was the Holy Spirit who really emphasized receiving forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And part of receiving forgiveness is forgiving We must forgive others. We can't hold grudges. And we can't go ahead and say, well, with our mouth, I forgive. But in our heart, we still kind of hold it back just a little bit. We're just waiting for that person to break bad again so that we can say, see? Or I'm just going to wait for them to come and grovel before me. No. No, 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 no. Forgiveness is from here. Regardless of what's out there, forgiveness is from here. Just like love. Agape is from here. Regardless of what's out there, it's from here. It's in here. I've decided that I'm committed to you. I've decided that I'm going to love you even in your unloveliness. I've decided that I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to live in forgiveness just as God has forgiven me. Come on now. Boy, I could just stay. Hallelujah. See, we, we don't live there. And because we don't live there, we end up suffering the consequences ourselves. Not God punishing us, we're punishing ourselves. God has given us this beautiful, wonderful, awesome gift. And and, and unless we exercise it, we can't experience it. So glad this is being recorded. Hallelujah. Remove, and we touched on this because you can't really, those, some of these are so interrelated, but um, my brothers and sisters today, remove anything from your life that you are in doubt or feel unsure about. The next one, be totally yielded and obedient to the Holy Spirit. Publicly confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now, my brothers and sisters, I started this last week and I've got to push on this a little bit more because I really do believe that this is obviously the key to everything and anything. And that is, this is the qualifier. Because remember where we started or let's just say it this, where uh, Pastor Robert started or the brother Robert started. Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life? See, because if you're not, then none of this is going to matter anyway. And I'm... I'm 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 curious. What are you seeking? Because you're seeking something. If you're just sitting there, just waiting, you know, twiddling your thumbs and waiting for your for God to call you home, I mean, you're just you're just wasting air. You're just you're just no, what something. You're seeking happiness. Are you seeking fulfillment in some way? Uh, what What are you seeking? Are you seeking material p- uh, goods and possessions? Are you seeking an next promotion? What are you seeking? Right. See, my brothers and sisters, because if it doesn't begin and end with God, it's just going to, you know, after you feel like you've accomplished that, there's going to be the next thing. Remember not too long ago where the the Lord had us in our studies, and that was, you know, fulfilling the call. You have a call. God has called you to a purpose and a plan, and you're seeking to fill something that only He can fill. So, my brothers and sisters, we need to continue to seek God, because if we seek after these other things, we're always going to be disappointed, because when we get there, we're going to find out there wasn't supposed to be the final destination anyway. God is the one who fills that emptiness. God is the one. Right? Okay. Don't mean to keep preaching the same messages, but are you just, is it just? I just want to be happy, Tony. I just want to have some peace. Don't we all? Absolutely. But my brothers and sisters, if we're looking for that any other place except God, we're always going to be disappointed. Something's going to happen. In this world, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Jesus said that, not Tony. And of course, some of you already knew that. But we have to be seeking Him. Psalm 14.2 The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand who what? Who seek, who seek God. He's, God is looking down upon mankind to see who is seeking Him. Psalm 119, one through 3 Joyful or blessed are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful, blessed, are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. Do you want to have joy? you want to be blessed? Look at this very simply and succinctly. Look at what the Scripture is telling us. Am I messing up here? Look at what the Scripture is telling us. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in His paths. Yeah, but I mess up some, sometimes, don't I? Didn't we just start with this? Didn't we just start? Yeah, I mess up. I, I'm not there yet. So I still mess up. But here's the thing, my brothers and sisters. The, the, if I'm seeking Him, if I'm searching for Him, I'm seeking Him. I'm going to walk that path more times than not. It's when I'm not seeking Him, when I'm not mindful of Him, when I'm seeking my own way, when I'm doing things according to my nature, when I'm doing things that will benefit Tony. When I'm, that's when I'm liable to miss him I'm liable to not be in that area in that, in that position on that path that he's called me to Amen? Okay so now look it Hebrews very simply wraps this up for me but without faith it's impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is that he is what? God God God, that's so obvious. It's so rudimentary, Tony. Why, would you, why is that even a deal? Because if He's God, then why do we keep acting like we are? Yeah, right. If He is God, then why do we always be well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. We're making plans without Him. We're making decisions without Him. So know what that says? I'm still God. In my life, I'm still God. So how could I, I can't have it both ways. I can't say that I'm seeking God, but then I'm making decisions and I'm going, th- I'm going after things without Him. Man, y'all are very quiet this morning. What, what, what happened? <laughs> I didn't think this was going to be a cut and a back flip kind of thing, but come on. And see, my brothers and sisters, I, I struggle with these things. You know why I struggle with these things? Because this is so basic, elementary, rudimentary. Isn't it? When you say that? This is very basic. But I don't think we're getting it right. And when, I'm not judging you. I'm saying in general, the church in general. I don't know that we're getting this all right because I see a lot of things. And, and believe me, as a minister of God and as a pastor of this church, and, and me and Michelle both, we're. Oh, I'm looking and praying. God, am I going in the right direction? Is there something I could be doing better? Is you know, I, I talk to some people, but then I also talk to ministers. I study ministers. Um, some min- big successful ministries put. Uh, um, resources online and they'll try to teach and help each other and all this other stuff and one a huge ministry i got online because they put on something you know that you can get this they're going to help you and all that and they have these you know leadership things i got on one time uh, actually it was more than one time and i'm looking and i'm looking and you know what i found out that leadership um area where they're trying to teach and train basically it was business models. It was for. It would be great if I were trying to run a business. Very little scripture. A lot about you know how to you know lead people from a secular standpoint. More psych, psychology and, and I'm, I'm telling you. And I'm not trying to be ugly about it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. But what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, is this. This is not why I'm not a, a leader, a, a CEO of this church. I'm not the director of of operations for this church. I'm not that. I'm the pastor of this church. I'm the under-shepherd. Actually, Jesus is the pastor, and I'm his under-shepherd. So so look, I'm not trying to, to run a successful business here. And and none of you are here because you're looking to sow and invest in a business so that later on you can have some dividends as it relates to financial sustenance and things of that nature. No, we're sowing to the Spirit. To reap everlasting benefits, we're we're storing treasure in heaven. We're trying to go ahead and, and and be advanced as it relates to our spiritual walk with God. So that when we like when we started this service, we can know that we know that we know that when we're praying, heaven is hearing us and God, we, he's looking, he's he's looking, he's seeing who's seeking him, who's seeking him. He's looking. And now all of a sudden, we're diligently seeking Him, as it says in this Scripture, for he that comes to God must believe that He is God, I'm not, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I'm not on my knees because I'm looking for the reward. I'm on my knees seeking Him. And because I'm seeking Him and not to grow a business and not to multiply financially uh, there's some kind of a, a corporation that I can go ahead and, and, and show some investors some dividends and all. I'm no, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to please God. You're trying to please God. Why? Because I want things from Him. No, because He's God. He's God. We are going to have to answer to Him. Every one of us is going to have to stand before Him and give an account for everything we say and do. Whether you believe it or not, it's going to happen. It's going to. And if you don't believe it, the problem with that is then you probably don't take it very seriously so then you're going to have a lot that you're going to be embarrassed of and there's going to be a lot of tears that are going to be shed, not of joy, when you have to stand before Him and when I'm standing next to Him and I'm crying because you ain't going to make it. I know some of you don't like hearing that, but it's just true. And so why? why do, I, do I want to make people scared? No, I'm telling you, God loves you. And you have a position of victory. God is seeking. He's, he's got his eyes on you. And when you're, listen, this is what he's telling us. And when you're seeking him, man, you're going to be blessed. There's going to be joy in your life. There's, you're, and not, not a temporary blessing, and not something that, you know, uh, as long as things are going good, you feel good, you're joyous, you're happy and everything, you know, you, you never get a bad report or all that. No, it's that even in the middle of a bad report, that joy doesn't leave you. Even in the middle of a bad report, you still know that you can get on your knees and you can pray for your kids. And even if it looks bad, you know that God has told you something totally different, and you're going to hang on what God has told you. Why? Because He's God. Hallelujah. About to get happy. So I am I'm I'm often amazed at some people who claim that they're 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 very spiritual people, they're very deep. I I have a person right now who's quote unquote Christian, but how spiritual they are and, and you know whether it has something to do with God or not. And and let me just tell you, honestly, there are people that will say that, they're right. Because Jesus said it the best, and you've heard me say it, and you know it. Jesus said there's only one or two ways you can go with him or against him. So, if it's the Spirit of Christ that's working in you, through you, and and all that, great. But if it's not, it's the Spirit of Antichrist. So, yeah, you might be spiritual, but it ain't the Holy Spirit. Right? And I'm not saying you, you, you. I'm just saying in general. Because there are people who claim to be very spiritual. But they don't have a relationship with God so that that Spirit that they're operating on, with, and through, uh, I don't want any part of it. I I, I was debating whether I should share this (coughs) psalm with you, and I'm going to. They don't have it. Just so listen. This is Psalm 34, beginning in verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, joyful, to be envied, in the right place, is the man or woman who trusts in Him. See, taste and see. What, what is the Lord, what, what is the scripture, what is Holy Spirit telling us when he says taste and see? Man, experience it. You know, have an experience. You know, you've you got to be in a position where you can, you, you can distinguish this thing. You can, uh, you can recognize it. Let me, let me just, I remember when, who was it? Was it Jay? Or wasn't Sirius? I think it was Jay, uh, Catherine's grandson. Oh. When Jay, we, I had, I had had uh, several cups of water, and I put a bunch of salt in one of them. But you could, you couldn't see it. I had it stirred up enough, and you couldn't see it. But now, everybody drank it. When he drank, oh, you could see the face. Oh, like, uh, right. I think I did that to Steve one time too. The more, the merrier. But, 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 do you understand? When so, when the Lord is saying that. When, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, saying, taste and see. Experience this. Be in a position to distinguish this. Recognize this. How many times, my brothers and sisters, do we recognize the Holy Spirit in something when it's good? Oh yeah, God. Or sometimes we don't. Some of you go, well, it's me. I did this. Look at what the Lord did. We say it, but in our hearts we're thinking, I did this. See, I'm, I'm talking to some minister's who are listening? Some, some maybe uh, some young people, or who are just getting into the ministry, or even some people have been in the ministry for a long time. My brother says, whenever we get to the point where we're thinking that it's us, forget it; it's not. And you could try to be again. You could try to speak the false humility. Oh, thank you, God. But in your heart, you feel a little bit of pride. You know, you want to be noticed, and you, and you, you know that ego is uh, you know making you feel good about yourself right now, like you've earned something with God. Let me just tell you this: anything that I do, that's good, it's God. Tony can't do it. That's not false. That's true. I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I've done in my life. I know the bad things that I've done. I know the mistakes that I've made. I know the things that I've done in my life. I know the thoughts that I, that, that I used to think and some of them that still come to me now and again. I know that's not God but I also know some of the good things that have happened through... See, this is what what happens, my brothers and sisters. I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live. Not I. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. My faith, nothing. His faith, everything. Everything. Faith is a gift of Holy Spirit so I have nothing to boast about, nothing to brag about, no matter how faithful or no matter how dependent I'm living on God, it's all Him, it ain't me. Come on now. All right. Don't be so somber. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Recognize it, identify it. No, it's the Lord working in you. Give Him the credit for it, give Him the honor for it, give Him the glory for it. Blessed is the man who trusts in God. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. Fear Him. Reverence Him. There's no want to those who fear Him, who fear Him, who trust Him, to reverence Him, who stand in awe of Him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. My brothers and sisters, see, I can't leave this, and if the Lord allows me to preach in this area next week, I'll probably start the same way why we have to seek the lord so you can have all five of those or all four of those keys covered and think that you have them covered but without seeking the lord that means nothing because you're doing it without him so now we'll go to that next point and that would be remove anything from your life that you are in doubt or feel unsure about now now there's a scripture I'm going to I'll read it to you we were there last week but quickly Romans fourteen twenty two twenty three. 23. You may believe that there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. So now listen, context. You know, Again, in the early church when there were Gentiles and there were Jews and the Jews were still living somewhat by the law. They didn't want to eat meats and, and there were certain things that they didn't want to do. They were still trying to adhere to the law. But then the, the Gentiles... You know, we're not. They had the freedom, and and it was it was taught to the early Christians that you don't have to live according to that law anymore. That all food is good to eat, as you give it uh, thanks to God. And uh, amen. Everybody remembers that. So now, what Paul is saying, you know, let don't let this cause a problem in the church. If some people think that they shouldn't eat meat, then then they shouldn't eat the meat. But some people who do eat the meat, you know, don't use your the fact that you've been given this freedom you know, to, to kind of brag and boast and to mock each other, either way it goes. So that's the context. You may believe that there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether you, or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. So again, I know we've talked about this a little bit, but I want to tell you something. There are obvious things, my brothers and sisters, we should never do. You know, just read Galatians, read Romans. There are obvious things. Man, you know, sexual sin is top on uh, top priority. Don't commit adultery if you're married. Don't commit fornication. Don't have sex if you're not married. Period. It's for married people only. homosexuality, all that, it's wrong. It just spells it right out. There are some things that just flat out, it just flat out says it, do not do this, period. That's it. Don't lie. Right? Does it? Come on now, help me out here. Don't lie. And if you lie, it's just as bad as if you were in a homosexual relationship. It, there's, God doesn't qualify it. It's all the same. Don't do these things, right? So now we say, okay, if I'm not doing those things, I'm okay. No. Because remember, we're in this relationship. Right? So now, if I've done something, let, let me say this, this way. If, if I've done something that's offensive to somebody that I didn't, and I didn't know it was, but then I've been made aware of it, then I should go to that person and say, hey, apologize for doing that. I didn't mean to offend you or whatever. That's part of it. Why? Because remember, it's relational. Right? So, so so what? Come on. Some of you are not paying attention. I notice I'm not cutting cartwheels up here. But, but I'm going to tell you, if you're not paying attention, you need this. Amen. This way is played out this way. So there may be something that I'm doing that's hurting somebody else and God has convicted me of it or He's pointed it out to me. Now if I continue to do that, that's sin. See, I can modify my behavior. I just had this discussion with a young brother here not too long. I can modify my behavior. I can I can make it I can make sure that I don't commit spiritual sin at all. I'm sorry, excuse me, sexual sin at all. There are some of you that can't. That bothers you, or whatever the case may be. There are certain things that bother certain of say I could. So to me, okay, I've got I'm I'm great, look at how good I am. I don't do that. I haven't cheated on my wife since we've been married and blah blah blah. So have I ever told a lie? Do I tell the truth to everybody all the time, no matter what I think the 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 consequences may or may not be? It's the same. Now, my brothers and sisters, once I've went ahead and I've been convicted of something, I'm not sure. There may be doubt. I'm not 100% sure. If I continue to do it, it's wrong. Often, and, and hear me, often I get this all the time. Tattoos. Pastor, if I get a tattoo, is it a sin? Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Well, I know it says it in the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Now, I'm not trying to tell anybody. I've got one. I got it when I was a kid. I wish I didn't have it. I don't think it's going to take me to hell. But here's the thing. I only say what I know. Here's what I know. My body is not my own. I've been bought with a price. So I'm not going to pierce it or cut it up or put pictures on it. I'm not, I, I won't do that. But, so it's conviction to me. I can't do it. I won't do it. Okay. Now, I will give you. I will give people scriptures, and I will tell them. Here's why I believe what I believe. Now you make your decision. You pray to God. You make your decision. Okay. Now watch. If you're having doubt about it, don't come to me for permission. See, you're already having doubt about it. So then, don't. That's what the very scripture is saying to you. If there's doubt in your mind, then don't. But see, inevitably, here's what happens. Pastor, there are so many other um, preachers and teachers that all have tattoos. Can they all be wrong and you right? Yeah. Could be. I'm not going to stand here and say I am, but I'm just saying could be. Sure, could be. Could be. But that's why you have this personal relationship this way, and that's why the Scripture is telling us if you're convicted about something, if you have a doubt about anything, don't. Don't. God is convicting you over that. I've told, I'm inevitably, Pastor, is it wrong to take a drink? Well, I could tell you it's wrong to be drunk. That I could tell you for sure. To cop a buzz, to get a little bit, you know, to take the edge off. If you're drinking to take the edge off, it's wrong. Well, how could you say that, Pastor? Because the Bible says it. Be not drunk with wine where it is in excess. But be ye being filled with the Holy Spirit. I go to that one all the time. Wine is a mocker, strong, right? Strong drink a brawler. The Bible tells us these things. Now you can say, well, that, that other one that you just referred to—that's Old Testament. So what? God's the same. He's telling what happens to us when we when when we. take part in these things. And then in context, like I've shared with you all the time, when you read these things in context, what he's trying to tell us is, don't let anything, uh, a drug, licit drug, uh, a a a pharmaceutical that you've been prescribed, if those things have any kind of uh, bearing on how you think, If it lets your guard down, if it relaxes you or does something to you, you you need to be careful because that's what he's trying to say. Don't let these things influence your mind. Don't let other things from the outside or things that you take in on the inside change how you think. Let it be the Holy Spirit. Instead, be continuing to fill yourself with the Holy Spirit and be influenced by that. Does everybody understand that? Okay, so, so, so did I get off subject? No. What I'm trying to say is, listen, if you have doubt, then don't. If you need to ask me, then the pro- you don't even need to ask me. If you have doubt, then you probably shouldn't. That doesn't mean I don't want you to come and talk to me. I'll talk to you. i would be glad to talk to you. But, but here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're talking to me just so that you can get my permission to do it, you're going to be disappointed. And I'm not trying to be ugly or smart or funny. I'm not being facetious at all. Because what I'm going to tell you when you come to me is I'm going to just tell you what the Bible says. And then you and God together will have to make that decision. Okay? But do you understand the concept here? Do you understand that point? Remove anything from your life that you are in doubt or feel unsure about. Just remove it. Don't do it. People, same way. Inevitably, I have people that'll get involved in relationships with people that are not saved. Just recently, I've heard of another minister of God who, you know, people, uh, some people in his church got uh, involved with some people. They're not in church anymore, at least not in his. They were serving, and now, and now, not there. Why? Because these relationships had this influence on them. So, yeah, my brothers and sisters, if, if there's if there's a doubtful relationship, if there's someone who is not spiritual and they want to get into some kind of a relationship with you, then you need to really step back and think. And if there's any doubt in your mind, now, don't let your body, your mind, and your hormones, or whatever it is, your flesh, dictate or help you to make that decision. Just speaking truth. Okay? Don't let it be an emotional decision. Okay? But I love him, Pastor. (laughs) And I'm not trying to be funny. I, I really am not. Oh, but this is the right guy. Or this is the. Oh, this girl, man. She's a. Yeah. Okay. Or how about friends? How about some of the friends that we run with? It may not be a romantic relationship. I'm not saying, my brothers and sisters, that well, once you become born again, you better never hang out with. No, I said you you got to live in the world, and you're going. But who are you keeping company with to the extent that you're spending time with, that you're sharing your your, your thoughts with? Who are those people that you have a more of an intimate relationship? And when I say intimate, I don't mean sexual. And many of you know that, or mature enough to understand that. But who do you, you know, who do you confide in? Who are you telling some of your, your, your innermost thoughts to or sharing some of your personal business with? Who, who are those people? Come on now. Because my brothers and sisters, if they are kind of doubtful as it relates to, Man, should I be hanging out with this person this much? Should I be? Are they spiritual? Do they even seek God? Like I'm trying to seek God because if you're doing that, it's going to hurt you. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help you at all. If you're hanging out with someone who is speaking things that you know aren't right, but you're insisting on spending a lot of time with them, it's only a matter of time before you start to have doubts. That's why I feel so sorry for our kids and even our college kids, because they get to spend time with these secular humanists that are constantly trying to tell them how smart man is and how there's no such thing as God. And if there was a God, he'd be this way, that way, the other way. Who are you? Who are you? He's God. You're not. So, you see what I'm saying, my brothers and sisters? It's, it's tough. Now, I know that you're, you're, you're kind of quiet. I, I don't want you to go to sleep, but hang with me just a little bit longer here. So, the next one would be, be totally yielded and obedient to the Holy Spirit. Be totally yielded and obedient to the Holy Spirit. Um, and John 16, this is Jesus. He's talking to His disciples just before He goes. I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. My brothers and sisters, we have to, Be obedient to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to us, God's promise to us that we might be able to listen, to be empowered to understand what He's teaching us and to be empowered to walk in what He's teaching us. Are you with me? That's why I said earlier. It's, I, could, I could walk my life, I can live my life with behavior modification. Well, I know if I do this and somebody sees me, it's not going to look good, so I'm not going to do this. Some of us live our lives that way. Or I'm not going to do it or say I'm going to talk. or Man, that is bondage. I'm not going to say this uh, around Tony because you know how, yeah, that's Tony. He's a, I'm not going to act this way around so-and-so because, you know... They're church people or whatever. That's, that's terrible. I know many chameleons. You, you, anybody here know? I know many chameleons. And that's what's hurting the church, especially with the young people because we've walked uh, with our church folk and we walk one way, but then when we get around some other people or we're not around the church folk anymore, we're a little bit different. No, man, we've got to be solid. See, I can modify my behavior at times, but this isn't speaking to that. This is speaking to, listen, God has come and he's, in, he's infilled us with His Spirit that we might understand what He's teaching us and we may be able to live according to what He's teaching us. Not modifying our behavior, but being empowered and strengthened to do, listen, what we need to do, what He's instructing us to do. Amen? All right. Galatians 4, this won't be up there. There'll be a couple that won't be up there. Just listen. Galatians 4, 6 and 7. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer slaves but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. See, because He's given me the Holy Spirit, you know, I have this Spirit of Truth. Now listen, it's His Spirit. So when He's instructing me and guiding me, He's instructing me as a father to His Son. One who loves me. And it's not that I'm his, his slave now. You're going to do what I say when I say it. No, I love you, son. Here's, here's how we're going to do this thing. I've given you victory. See, again, I want to repeat this from the prayer time. We're operating from a position of victory. We are not defeated. If we are in Him, we are operating from a position of victory. We won. In Him. In Him. So that's why, in Him... I'm um, his son with his Holy Spirit bearing witness with my spirit. In Romans it says, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons and daughters of God. Amen? Okay, so now I'm um, his son. His spirit's in me, guiding me, and I need to be obedient to my heavenly father like I would be obedient to my earthly father. My earthly father and mother always had my best interests at heart when they instructed me. They were trying to keep me from danger, trying to raise me up properly so that I could be, you know, have a decent life. Right? Okay, so our Heavenly Father, who is God, who knows exactly from from the beginning, He knows the very end, He tells us and instructs us that way. So the Holy Spirit in us is our Heavenly Father lead, guiding, and directing us. We obey our Father and it all goes well. Amen? Amen. All right. So now, um, in Romans 8, uh, 13 through 15, here's what it says. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption again, by whom we cry, Father, Abba, Daddy. Right? Are, are you with me? See, this spirit that he, He's given us inside to obey, it's not this again, this big boss that wants us under His thumb. It's our Dad. Who wants what's best for us? How many fathers do we have in here? Raise your hand. Would you purposely, purposely tell your son, your daughter, your child something that would cause them hurt or harm? No. Don't you instruct your own children in the ways that they should go that would benefit them? Moms, any moms in here? Same thing. Don't you instruct your children? In things that would bring them happiness, joy, that would give them listen, that would make things go well in their life. Don't you have so how much more your heavenly father? Your heavenly father who's living inside of you by his spirit now. He's he's teaching you, he's leading you, he's guiding you. So we need to obey. Hallelujah. I didn't expect anybody to jump out of their seats and I want to, I, I'm, I'm going to skip a couple of uh, scriptures. I don't know if they had or not, but it, there's, there, timing is everything. I, I need to be here, so just bear with me. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the ri- unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. But you see what it says? Seek the Lord. Remember, seek the Lord. He's killing me right now. It's pressing me. Are we seeking the Lord? But this is saying, seek the Lord while he may be found. I'm going to read one more scripture to you. Hebrews 3, uh, 3, 13 through 15. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So when you don't obey, it can harden you when Holy Spirit is convicting you, Holy Spirit is, is telling you, instructing you, when you disobey, when you don't pay attention to that, you become hardened. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end while it is said, today, and he's quoting from what we just read, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Okay, so, so look, time is, is, is important. Time is important why Why? because are you saying Pastor Tony that is that scripture saying that if I disobey God right now I'm done no that's not what that's saying but let me ask you something when will your life be over when will your life be over anybody in here know hey look at the bottom of your foot see if there's an expiration date is there an expiration date on, anywhere on you no no While it's today and he's speaking to you today, respond today. seek him today. How about this? I want to seek him today just because I've got a lot of people who are looking at me and, he, and listening to what I say. and you do too. You do too. everybody in here there's somebody looking at you. and many of you have been made it known that you're a child of the most high King as you should. Confess Him publicly. That's one of the points, right? So they're looking at you. So seek Him today. Why? It's important today. Why? Not just for you, but for all of those around you. For your children, your children's children. Come on now. Please. That's, I'm, I'm fighting this fight now for the kids. Me and Michelle... We're still growing in the Lord, don't get me wrong, and we're still trying to serve the Lord as best we can and still make decisions you know, for the Lord. But both of us are in this fight mostly for the kids now. Hallelujah. I was going to, I want to just share with you one story then we'll be done. All right? In Second Chronicles, remember Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judea. He was the king of Judea. He, he, he was a, he, when he took control, I think he, um, ruled for like 35 years but when he took charge of the kingdom he started to get rid of all of the idols that uh, they were worshipping and all of the high places and things like that but my brothers and sisters um, Ahab was king of Israel then while well, he was king of, of, of Judah and so uh, Ahab wanted to go up against the Syrians and you know, Je- he asked Jehoshaphat if he would help him and, and Jehoshaphat said yeah you know we're brothers and Jehoshaphat was even related to him through marriage so yeah, we're brothers. So uh, they go up against the Syrians, but before they do, Jehoshaphat, when he meets with Ahab, he says, "Aren't there any prophets? Shouldn't we seek the word of God before we go and do this?" And Ahab says, "Yeah, sure." Now I'm paraphrasing this. Read this; it's in Chronicles, Second Chronicles, uh, eighteen. Let me look at Second Chronicles, eighteen and nineteen. That's where I'm telling you the story from. Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll seek him. So they have 400 prophets that stand before them, and they're all saying, Yeah, rah, rah, sis boom bah. go in there, king. You're going to have a victory. God's going to give you this victory. Rah, 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 yeah, yeah, king. Yeah. Tell the king, what he wants to hear. So Jehoshaphat says, Isn't there any other prophets of God? Now, I don't want to read anything into this, but you just had hundreds of men stand before you. You asked the king if he had anybody that would, let's consult the word of God before we go do this. Let's consult God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he says, is there anyone else? Why would he look for somebody else? Holy Spirit, man. I think the Holy Spirit, must a check must have went off inside of him and said, something ain't right. Jehoshaphat says, hey, isn't there anybody else? And Ahab says, yeah, there's this one guy. Micaiah, but he never tells me anything good. It's always bad whenever he says something to me. Well, we'll get him. So he sends the porter, his guy. He goes, now the porter says to him, Micaiah, he says, listen, just say something nice to this guy. would you? Everybody else has said it's time to go in there and kick butt and take names. Can't you just say something like that? So Micaiah says, whatever the Lord tells me, I'm going to tell him. So Micah stands before him and he says, uh, and all the things that he said has been positive and all this. So Micah says, yeah, go ahead. It'll be well. He probably said it just like that. But he did not say, thus says the Lord. He said, yeah, go ahead. It'll be all right. Oh, come on. See, now, even then, Ahab knew he was being sarcastic. He said, come on, can't you just one time tell me what the Lord tells you? Come on, can't you just? And so he told him this is what I saw and this is what the Lord said. That the children of Israel are going to be slain. I see the dead bodies of Israelis all over the place. And they're going to be like with no shepherd. They have no shepherd. He had them carted off and put in jail. And Jehoshaphat went ahead and fought the battle anyway. But God, allowed, God spared him. But I'm going to read to you what it says in, in 19, beginning in verse 1. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned safely to his house in Jerusalem. And Jehu, son of Hananiah, the seer or the prophet, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Nevertheless, good things are found in you, in that you have removed the wooden images from the land and you have prepared your heart to seek God. My brothers and sisters, it's me I got I got to think about that who am I aligning myself with and when Holy Spirit speaks to me inside do I go ahead and pay attention to that check see when Jehoshaphat had that check go off in his spirit isn't there anyone else he knew something was wrong with that report didn't he and then when the prophet pronounces what he this is what the Lord is saying He still went into battle. My brothers and sisters, we need to obey Holy Spirit. When that check goes off inside of you, you need to obey it. Now it says, "Because you did this thing, the wrath is upon you." Because you you love those who hate the Lord, you've aligned yourself with those who hate the Lord. Now the wrath of God is upon. Did God punish him? No, no. God didn't. See, I'm I'm totally convinced of this. The wrath is here. The blessing is here. We choose. We choose. The Holy Spirit is leading, guiding us, teaching us. And so when we follow His leading, guess what? We're on the blessing side. When we're not... So whatever happens, it's not because God is raining down His... P- no, it's the it's the path that we've chosen. Right? So my brothers and sisters, here's what I'm saying. If you... Man, we're seeking God. We want I want revival. I want to seek God. I want God to move among us so mightily, and if not for anything else, just for this one reason. So that the young people that are associated with us will be anchored. They'll have a firm foundation. They won't believe these lies that they're being told constantly. They will not be distracted. That we could stand in the gap. Oh yeah, revival might be sparked through the young people, but it's going to be us older people who are the foundation, who are financing it, and who are providing the firm foundation, who are showing them an example of a people who are led by Holy Spirit. Not by the culture, not by even the modern Christian church. Nope, by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Stand with me, please. Thank you.